People train for the Olympics for years, for like a two minute run. So just hold on and know that like, if you're walking intentionally towards something, it might not be in your time, but it'll be in the right time. But I know it's not easy, but you're not alone. Hello everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and making this podcast consistently the number one health podcast in the world. Thank you so much for prioritizing your mental health, your personal growth, and your self-development across life, love, and work. Now today's guest, her story is absolutely phenomenal. It's so inspirational and motivational that I can't wait for you to hear it. Whatever stage of life you're in, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you don't know what the next step is, and you're looking for that courage to chase your dreams and turn them into reality, this podcast is for you. She's an Emmy and Golden Globe nominated actress. She stars in the hit NBC show, This Is Us. She's also a New York Times bestselling author of the book, This Is Me. And earlier this year was starring in an incredible movie called Breakthrough. Her name is Chrissy Metz. And Chrissy, I am so excited for you to be here because we've been wanting to do this for so long. I know. Thank you for being here. I'm so honored. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm like, Tell me everything. I want to learn everything. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for having me. No, and, and I have to point this out because when if someone's listening or watching right now, they won't get to experience this. Your energy from the moment you walk through the door is just so beautiful and so graceful. Get out of here. No, I mean it. Like, you know, I just felt it. Oh. The whole team felt it. Like, oh. when, when, when you were just prepping before we started live, like, the whole team was just like, oh, my gosh, she's amazing. Like, just your energy just won us all oh. over immediately. And that means a lot to me. And I mean, I'm sure people tell you that about yourself. And it's just so, for me, I think energy is everything. Yeah. And um, I think the only thing that really matters in life is how we treat each other. So that means a lot. I think that's like the nicest thing. Awards, schmords, whatever. Like <laughs> that is like the nicest thing. Thank you. Okay. Well, we mean it. We mean it. Oh, and even it. just a few moments we spent with my wife earlier as well, you just, just, you're just so genuine and authentic. And mm-hmm. so I'm so excited to share your incredible story with my audience. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so glad we connected on Instagram of I all know. places. You know, I always think technology, it's like, you know, it can be a blessing and a curse. And, and of course, in this instance, it's definitely a blessing. But um, right, you use it for good. Yeah. And I'm really glad that, thank goodness, because sometimes it can be overwhelming, that social absolutely. media. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really can. Yeah. It really can. But then it brings us to places yes. like this. And then I feel so grateful because I don't know how else we would have connected. I don't I don't know. Maybe the universe would have would have Trader found Joe's. another way. Who knows? At the grocery store. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know gro- where you shop, but maybe there. Maybe at the grocery <laughs> store. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, so I've got so many questions I want to ask you today. Okay. Because I think there's just so many interesting parts of your journey. <sighs> and I want to share this because I don't even think lots of people know about your story. I think there are a few people that know, but I don't think everyone knows yet. And I'm excited for them to discover oh. just how incredibly hard you've worked all the different stepping stones and setbacks that have been in your life. Mm -hmm. But let's start all the way in the beginning Mm -hmm. with the fact that you actually grew up in Japan. Right. Yes. So my dad uh, was in the Navy and I was born in Homestead, Florida. But when I was six months old, we moved to Japan, old enough to get shots, right? And then, uh, so I was learning Japanese with English. I don't speak a lick of it. I can say like maybe a couple of Nothing. Okay. No, go nothing. for it. Go for it. Ichi ni san shi. Like nothing. Okay. Like when I say hardly any numbers. Um, 
a makeup artist I work with, Matoko, who is incredible. She's Japanese. She's like, I can't believe you know. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a travesty. Anyway, so. I'm terrible at languages too. Oh, goodness. I can barely speak English, let's be honest. So, um, so I lived there for almost nine years. Um, I was the youngest and my parents divorced, moved back to Florida. My mom had two other kids. I became the middle child. And I always say, I think that's why I was like, I need to be an actress because I feel neglected. I don't really know. I think it's more so that I wanted to relate to people and have people, you know, felt like I could relate to others. So, um, but yeah, nine years in Japan and it was incredible. Like the country and the culture and the people are amazing. What was that like? Like what did, what was so different about that experience? Do you think the difference people have of, I grew up in London, right? that's where I was born and raised and people here growing up in New York or big cities. And what's it like growing up in Japan? Well, we were mostly on a naval base, but there were, we did live in a, you know, a Japanese house, a traditional home with, you know, like the beautiful Soji screens. And I can't even tell you how many times I've broken one of those, like playing, you know, <laughs> hide and seek in the house with my brother and sister. Um, but I remember just really incredible toys, really wonderful, warm people, delicious food. Like I love yakisoba. That's like my favorite. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, and uh, cool amusement parks. And, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, Everything is exciting and yeah. and uh, wonderful, but um, yeah, I mean, I would love to go back as an as an adult to just. You've never been back. No, no, oh, no. Wow. No, no, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I need to travel more. I, I'm, well, we've made plans to yes, do that together. Yes, already. I'm putting it in the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. But tell me about it because your first audition, even though you just talked about, you know, why you wanted to become an actress. Mm-hmm. Your first audition actually happened by accident, you've said before. Yeah. Tell us about how that Although started. I don't believe in coincidences, right? right. So my sister, <laughs> um, she and I have different dads. So she's tall and thin. I am not. And um, she wanted to be a print model. And her and her best friend were like, oh my gosh, there's this open call that's at the Holiday Inn down the street. And I'm from a little small town. I mean, it's a university town, but it's still small called Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. And so know, um, been you've been there? I actually Get have. out. Yeah, I actually have. For what? I actually like went. Something to do with the university? Or? I was invited to speak at the university oh, okay. a few years back. Yes, I mean, that's I the thing is they bring some great people and great acts and, and music and stuff. So, oh, good. <laughs> Go Gators. So, um, yeah. So she was like, well, just take me because I was their, their guardian as, you know, babysitting them. And <laughs> I remember going to this Holiday Inn. And I was like, what is this nonsense? What is, mm, holiday in, what's going on? And uh, so we, you know, I'm filling out the paperwork for my sister and there's a woman sitting across from me and she says, um, I taught at your high school. And I'm like, this crazy lady did not teach at my high school. <laughs> I'm like, well, what did you teach? And she's like, I was, um, I was in uh, the theater department. I said, oh, I wasn't in theater. I was too afraid of my own shadow, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I didn't know her. And she's like, well, I think you're here for a reason. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. She's crazy. And I'm like, all right. So I'm filling out the paperwork. And then my sister goes into audition and then she comes out and I don't see the lady. She had this like weird hat on. And, and now thinking back, I'm like, was she a figment of my imagination? Was she a guardian no. angel? I don't know. But like. She disappeared. She disappeared. Nobody ever knew who I was talking about. They're like, what are you saying? But she gave me like this, like this little, you know, spark of confidence to maybe potentially audition, even though I, in my heart, I was like, please ask me to say like, whatever. <laughs> um, but my sister comes out of the, the audition room and my soon to be manager says, so what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I'm just my, my sister's guardian. And she's like, really? And my sister's like, 
no, Chrissy, you're always putting on shows and singing. You know you want to sing. And I'm like, N-n-n-n-n-n. no, I literally probably going to throw up. And um, she's like, why don't you sing for me? So I end up singing. I can't even, I can't even believe I did that. And, you know, the rest is history. So I moved out to LA. We did a whole showcase to find an agent. And then there was six girls living in a two bedroom apartment uh, on air mattresses. But it was like, it was like pilot season camp. It was so much fun. Um, but I got maybe one audition in like six months. So I was like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Like, <laughs> maybe I, this is wrong. Um, and then my manager said, your agent wants an assistant. And I'm like, well, that's cute. <laughs> who? Yeah. It's no She's like, no, you. And I'm like, who? I'm like, I, I don't even know her. And like, what does that mean? Is she doesn't want to represent me? Like, she, she didn't think I'm a great actor. Like, what? And I'm like, fine. Of course. Because I'm a people pleaser. I'm like, fine, whatever. And so for nine years, I took this detour of being a junior, an agent or an assistant to a junior agent to an agent. And it was wonderful. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities because I got to meet great people and learned so much and also understand what it means to be of service Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't about me. And Devon Franklin, who produced our movie Breakthrough, he always says something so beautiful. He said, you have to learn how to carry a crown before you can wear one. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And so I was like, oh, all of these things were completely orchestrated for my good to understand what this business was going to look like. After 12 years. <laughs> yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, yeah. In order to wear a crown, you have to learn how to carry one. Yeah. That's beautiful. Right? I love that. Yeah. How were you at that moment? Because I love that. And I, I completely agree with that. That when you look back at your life, mm-hmm. you can see how everything was perfectly orchestrated. Yeah. But when you're actually in that moment, right? Like that oh. looks as it all. Yeah. Like in that moment, it's so hard to feel that way. All you feel is discouraged and you feel like, am I on the right path? Like this can't be, it can't be this bad. Like this isn't the right path if it's this hard. Um, and so that can be really, uh, confusing and it was for some time, but then I realized that like, I want to do this for the right reasons and not because of fame and fortune. Mm. It was never about that for me. I mean, I grew up very humble beginnings. It wasn't like, you know, I was just saying that I bought a, a dining room table. I didn't grow up with a dining room table. Wow. Like I never had one in my house. I never sat at a dining room table to eat dinner with my family. And I get to do that. And it's it sounds so crazy to some people, but like, oh my goodness, it means so much to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, uh, I just know that I, you have to know what your intentions are and whatever you're doing and anything you're doing. I don't care if you're going to the grocery store or the mailbox or a meeting, whatever. What is my intention? And my intention was that like, I wanted to relate to somebody and I wanted someone to relate to me because I felt like this this little girl, like, um, you know, always the chubby girl out of all my friends. Like all the girls were like sharing bathing suits and clothes. And I'm like, oh, can I borrow your necklace? Because that's all that fit. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so, you know, your tragedies really become your triumphs. And so, um, and I, I've, as many people have said, like, it's not what happens to you, but what happens for you. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. And I love that your starting point was refining your intention. Yeah. Like, I love that because I just feel like that's often what lets us down. I feel like if your intention's right, when things don't work out, you still push forward. Right. But when your intention's wrong or it's just for something material or an outcome, 
then you get frustrated much quicker. Oh yeah. And I see that, that people who have resilience are people who have an incredible intention because that's what's driving them. And it sounds like that was the same for you. Right. Like when you're, Chris was, Chris and I, Chris Sullivan, who plays Toby on the show, he was saying, you know, when your passion, find your passion mm -hmm. and that becomes your purpose. Yes. You know, and it's so like, it seems so simple. But like, yes, it's, that's everything. Yes. And you, you, um, will hold on much longer than you will if it's sort of like a fleeting, like, oh, I want to do this or whatever. Um, yeah. Not to say it's easy. Yeah. Not yeah. to say it's easy. No, but no, uh, it's worth it. Yeah. And I love that. I always say your passion is for you and your purpose is for others. Mm. And your passion becomes a purpose when you use your passion in the service of others. Right. So when you serve people with your passion, that's when it evolves into a purpose. So like what you just said, right. that you were trying to help people relate to you and be relatable yeah. and make people feel like they connected. And I mean, that's a purpose because when people are watching you on screen, mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, that, that's what I feel like, right? Like, yeah. that's how, and I'm sure you've had so thousands and millions yeah. of those kind of messages and comments. Which is like, sometimes it's hard to wrap my head around by just being me, just telling a story of this amazing woman who's going through, you know, trials and tribulations as we all do, like that will bring people closer together and like, huh? I'm like, am I doing something wrong? I, is this, huh? Like uh, wh what? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's remarkable. Yeah. That's amazing. I, one thing I picked out that I really liked that you said was you talked about how you felt when you were putting your dream on hold. And a lot yeah. of the people that listen to my podcast are people who may be doing something as their main job and then their passions, their side hustle, right. or they're trying to work on their passion and their dream, but they have to pay the bills. And Tell us about how you were able to go through that process of like putting your dream on hold, but at the same time know that you would one day come back to it. Or how did, how did you kind of reconcile that? Yeah, I think what I, I sort of how I've always lived my life is that like, it's not about me. It's about like the bigger picture and, and what my purpose is. And wow. it might not look, it might be in my, not be in my ego's time, right? So set the ego and, and the pride aside and just, okay, like, what am I supposed to do? Not you know, what can I have, but what am I supposed to do? How can I be of service? And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Cause like you can only keep what you give away as they always say. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can't do it, uh, at least I can help people pursue it. And then what can I learn in the meantime? But also I did go to acting classes whenever I could, or I would go to a voice lesson whenever I could, you know, whether it was after hours on the weekends or, um, when you're involved with actors, um, you're, you're much more than just an agent, you know, like you sort of become a therapist and a best friend and, you know, an assistant and all those things. Um, but then you also learn so much from those experiences and I'm like, oh, at least I get to still be a part of it. Yes. And that for me was fulfilling for a time, but then it became, <laughs> it was like watching your boyfriend take another woman out every day and you're like, <laughs> hope you have a great time. <laughs> And then I would eat my woes in Sprinkles Cupcakes, as I always say. And so um, it kept me going for a particular time until I had this moment where I was like, oh, no, 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 like I'm not fulfilled. And then American Horror Story happened and I did an arc on that. You get a little taste of what you're supposed to be doing. And then you're like, what is this? I can't go back to being behind a desk, you know, but there are lessons and there are times that we have to, um, be of service and mm. learn, right? Mm. Like I always say this, like people train for the Olympics for years, for like 
a two minute run for 10 years. They're trying, what? You know, like, so just hold on, like, just hold on and know that like, if you're walking intentionally towards something, it might not be in your time, but it'll be in the right time. Yeah. But I know it's not easy, um, but you're not alone. I think all of us feel like nobody gets it. No, nobody could understand. No, we do. No, we do. I mean, that's what we're here to do is to, to learn, to teach, to grow. And, uh, when we're ready, Mm. you know, then those opportunities, I believe present themselves. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I'm, I'm just nodding along to everything you're saying (laughs) because literally, and, and the way you're sharing it is so accessible and real that I think anyone who's listening or watching right now is going to be listening to this and getting so much strength from it. Oh, I hope so. Genuinely. And that's my hope too. I I want you to help me with that piece of just like, what was one thing you learned from that time Mm -hmm. that you know is helping you so much right now that you couldn't have got if you hadn't had that experience? Just to kind of really cement that belief for people to recognize that everything is orchestrated. What was something that you learned from playing that role as an assistant to a junior agent to an agent? That I mean, you don't think you could have gotten now everything. I'm like, wow. I didn't have media training, so I didn't even know how to essentially do interviews on the carpet, but because I interviewed people for nine years and I'm genuinely curious about everybody and people, I love people. So I'm always like, Ooh. I mean, like, I felt like I was interrogating you, but I just I love have questions, <laughs> but I would not know how to do that. I wouldn't be able to get out of my own mind, my own head to like genuinely be interested in actually having a conversation and whether it's understanding the business side and being behind the desk and knowing like, Oh, I know how to read a contract and I know how to not be taken advantage of, or, Mm. you know, all of these things that a lot of actors don't get to learn or the people they get to meet, um, and the relationships they get to build. So uh, all of those things. And also, I mean, like I said, I was afraid of my own shadow and even on American Horror Story where I'm working with Jessica Lange and all these people, I'm like, do I deserve to be here? Like, I don't know if I do. And I'm like, Chrissy, she's a human being. I literally had to say that to myself in the scenes, Chrissy, Jessica Lang is a human being. She wears pants just like you. She's going to put them on this morning. Just like you. Like I really had to like break it down because it can be so overwhelming. And so all of those things are just knowing that yes, there are some incredible feats and things that people as humans have done, but like, we're all just, we're all the same. Yeah. We're all the same. And so by interviewing so many people and being around so many people all the time, all, all of those things, I think really teed up the the whole, this is us thing. But you know, I was about to quit like right before. I know. I know. So, we're gonna, yeah. We're going to get yeah. for sure because so. that's, that's what's so unbelievable. And I meet people all the time who are on that verge of, first of all, feeling that imposter syndrome. Yeah. So that feeling of like, yes. I'm an imposter. I'm not meant to be here. Someone's going to figure me out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. Like someone's going to find out that I wasn't meant to be here. And I think we all go through that consistently. And I think there's a beauty to that because we have some humility and gratitude around it that like, oh yeah, I don't just deserve this and have that arrogance around it. But at the same time, like you said, we have to remind ourselves we're all human. Yeah. We're like, we eat the same stuff. We sleep. We all do the same things every day. We put on our pants every day. And like, I I always have to believe like, if you're living Mm -hmm. on this plane of existence, you have to be purposeful. Mm. The things that had to happen in order for you to be born, like just being as is, is enough. Mm-hmm. So anything else is extra. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yes. For what? Yeah. You know, well, we know why. Society <laughs> and all that mumbo jumbo. But um, yeah, we are all, 
Yeah, the same. And and when you said that we're not deserving, I always say we're deserving but not entitled. Mm. Oh, I love that. Right. Yeah, so like, I love that. I can go into an audition room and say like, yeah, like if I work hard, I am deserving of a good job, but I'm not entitled to it. I love that. You know. So that um, is such a great mindset. I love that. I have I, to be that's reminded. The best I've ever heard it. Yeah. Well, that's the best I've ever heard it. Oh. Absolutely. I'm yeah. just you know I'm just paying it forward. No, yeah. I love. It. Yeah, we're deserving but not entitled. I think yeah. that's a brilliant way to see it. Yeah. Because if we feel we're undeserving, then we always feel like we don't fit in and we're right. an imposter. And if we feel entitled, then that comes from a place of arrogance and ego. Right. So if we're deserving, which is just fear, which is just fear. Yeah. Expand on that. I like that. Let's go. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's why I always say like. Uh, in 12 step programs, they say that ego is edging God out, right? Like that's what them, and, um, and it's true because when, but really the fear is just, uh, the, the ego is just the fear. I think coming up, bubbling up and you're like, I don't know how to handle it, but I'm going to prove to you that I deserve this. No, No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for a long time and it's, nobody's going to want to be around you and you're not going to want to be around yourself most importantly. So yeah, I really truly believe that that's what the ego and the pride is, is just fear and insecurity and, um, you know, uncertainty just bubbling up. And we as a human try to figure out how to, to funnel that. So absolutely. You know the podcast is called On Purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I'm oh, not, I subscribe. I'm, I'm no, no, no. I'm literally like, <laughs> I have not have, I feel like you're the first guest that we've had that has mentioned the word purpose and purposeful like oh. a gazillion times oh. for like the first 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't even on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because <laughs> I just, I, I love it because purpose is so deeply connected to just the underpinnings of your life. Yeah. And I love that it was there from the start. Yeah. And I noticed that, that you either have it from the start and you have to keep it and protect it and grow it as things grow, or you don't have it from the start and then you have to find it at the end anyway. Right. And that's what I see people at two parts of the journey and neither is better or worse right. Or, or right or wrong. We all get to it in our own time. But I do feel that, that the challenge of finding your pressure, early, uh, your purpose early is you have to protect it when all the other kind of noise comes in, all the other expectations, all the wonderful offers start to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And staying true to what your purpose is and what you want. And that's tricky too. Yes. You know, when opportunities present themselves and you're like, well, should I do this? I should do this. Like somebody's like, I didn't even have auditions before. Like somebody wants to give me a job. And I'm like, if I have to go on a press tour and talk about something for hours, Mm -hmm. days at a time, I want to make sure that like, not only can I back it up, but like, I'm going to enjoy the process. You know, it's hard enough to just sort of hack it, you know, when you do love it because it's an arduous sort of journey, but like, yeah, I don't want to do something I don't feel good about, Yes, you know? And I know that that just circles back to like being, you know, having it be purposeful. Yeah. Now, every time I say that, I'm going to feel like, you know, I'm not trying to plug it, but I'm... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love okay. it. You can carry on. Tell okay. us about what happened on your 30th birthday, that kind of Oh, my goodness gracious. Stuff. Yeah, and take, you know, take your time with it. Yeah. It's, it's... So I was married at the time to an amazing human being who's still an amazing human being, but just not my forever person, mm-hmm. as I say. And um, I went to go see a movie with a, a good friend and her mother and my husband. Mm-hmm. Y'all... I don't know what happened. (laughs) I don't know if it was the explosives. It was the noise in this movie. I've never, never in my life had a anxiety or panic attack, or at least not one that I could name. Right. Um, 
and my heart started beating out of my chest and I was like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm going to die in the light up in Sherman Oaks in California. I'm going to die. I can laugh about it now, right? Obviously. Yeah, sorry. I'll oh, yeah, no, 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 please, 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 please. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Um, no, please laugh about it now because everything's fine. But um, so I was taken off on a stretcher. The ambulance came to the movie theater. Yeah, I'm trying not to laugh. No, it's okay. You can laugh. You can laugh. Because now I'm just like, oh, my goodness gracious. Um, and, of course, they check me out. They're, they're like, nothing is wrong. And I'm like... No, you sure? I don't think you... Can you have another doctor come in? Like, I started... Do you think it was a heart attack or... I, I didn't know what was happening. You know, um, I had no idea because I'd never experienced that sensation before. Mm. And so I was like, a, a battery of tests to make sure... I mean, the, every single organ act and function in my body, check it. And they're like, yeah, you're good. And I'm like, huh? What does this mean? What the hell does this mean? I don't know what, to, what am I going to, what am I going to do now? And so it really forced me to evaluate what, what I was doing in my life, which was being an agent, not fulfilling my, my dreams or my destiny or my purpose, being in a marriage that I loved the human being, but I knew that we weren't supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. Um, and so everything sort of just started crumbling. And that was the day before my 30th birthday party. Mm. So, um, that happened. Um, and then I realized like, I have to do some soul searching. Like something has got to change, right? They say if nothing changes, nothing changes. And so I was just in such a bad way, emotionally, just like beaten down, afraid. I was like, I don't know what my body's doing. I know our minds are powerful, but like, what the heck is going on? So I sought out um, different ways of coping with anxiety and panic because I didn't want to take medication. Not to say that it's not, you know, people have to do what they have to do and what's right for them. But for me, I was like, I just don't want to rely on that because I think it's a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to understand my mind and let my mind, you know, um, be in sync with the body. Yeah. So um, I went on a bit of like a spiritual journey. I went to a, a spiritual center in Culver City called Agape. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember getting there. I just remember sobbing all the way there. And then Michael Bernard Beckwith, who is the, um, I don't know what you would call it, the spiritual uh, teacher. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he does this thing and he has everyone in the congregation, if, you've, if you're new, if you're new, stand up and then you put your hands out. And, um, and he says, like, you're here for a reason. You're powerful. You're purposeful. Um, and it was so, like, I could get choked up thinking about it still. Somebody put their hand on my shoulder and I was like, I just sort of melted and like sobbing, like all of the pain, all of the stuff that I've been carrying around, literally, physically, mentally, emotionally was like needing to be released. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. This is feeling right. Um, I just need to like get it out. And, and I've, you know, had some childhood trauma and, um, abusive, you know, my stepfather was abusive growing up sidebar. I have forgiven him. I love him. I'm grateful for him. But, um, you know, that's still trauma that, that you, I don't think we're taught, we are not taught coping mechanisms. We're not taught how to deal with trauma. Mm. And then like, what does that all mean for our adulthood? So, yeah. So it just sort of forced me to, to really look at myself and evaluate. And then I became like a mirror, I think to my ex-husband. And then he was like, Oh, and then that's when we realized like, this isn't working, Wow. you know? So it all sort of just combusted. But I always say like, if we were together, 
I would not have be in this position I am right now because my life was about him. Cause I was so afraid to like do what I was meant to do or what I thought I was meant to do that I was doing so much, uh, to sort of hide in his shadow or, you know, make sure I was supporting him. So I didn't have to look at what I was not doing or what I should be doing or what I wanted to be doing. So yeah, yeah, that was the 30, that was the 30th birthday. Wow. Tell us, <laughs> I want to dive into a bit of those yeah. things, if that's okay, sure. because I think they'll be really helpful to yeah. our listeners. And I'm curious too, is let's go into that childhood trauma space and how you got to that space of forgiveness in your own way. Yeah. Like how did you move from that space of being able to be bitter or being able to be resentful or mad or angry or any of those natural emotions that we may all feel? Yeah. How did you get to the place where now you can sit here and say, I, I forgave them. Well, I even talk about it in my book, like there was a time and I am even embarrassed to say it, but like the abuse got so, so frequent and so um, awful that like, I was like, I wished my stepfather dead. Mm. Like, I'm like, if I had a gun, like, I mean, trauma, pain, just depression. And you know, my mom remarried. I'm going through puberty, new school, new friends. It was a lot. Mm. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that like, there were things that I was even like ashamed and shocked that I would think or say. Um, but if you don't know how to deal with it as a, a, a teenager or a tweenager, I was like 12 at the time. Um, how, the, how in the world do you navigate that? And um, what I come to realize, you know, after having therapy and dealing in processing feelings and emotions that like, yes, what my parents did or what, what my stepfather did was, it, it was not okay. Mm. It was not okay. I'm not justifying his actions. However, you have to move through the pain and the resentment and, and the anger um, and know that I'd like to believe that like if people knew better, they would do better. My therapist sometimes doesn't agree. She's like, no, it was unacceptable. Mm. Um, and yeah, she's right. But I think I'm also right. You know, that like if people were more evolved or understood in a different way, maybe they wouldn't do that. But I know that he was abused and he had trauma. And so you would typically impart that on other people. So um, I just realized that like it wasn't personal. Him taking out his whatever, fill in the blank, anger, resentment was not about me because mm. I was a good kid. Yeah. I could toot my own horn about that. <laughs> I was a good kid. I listened like I, yeah, I was well behaved. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just seeking love, right. Just seeking love and acceptance and validation. And, um, I just realized that it had nothing to do with me. And I thought, okay, like they say, you can drink poison, expect the other person to to get sick when you hold on to resentments. And I'm like, this is not serving me. Mm. And, um, you know, I just have so much love for him. And also there is good in that. There was mm. good in the discipline and the, and the chores that he made me do and establishing my work ethic, mm. which is a little ridiculous. Sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough and everyone's like, slow down. Mm. So, um, you know, there were, there were, I think you can, as I say, keep what you want and leave the rest. Mm. Um, but just realizing that, um, you know, he, he went through a lot of stuff himself and that I have to forgive him for myself. Mm. And then of course, hopefully he can forgive himself. Yeah. Cause really the victim, <clears throat> it's sad and it's terrible, but like the perpetrator guilt, Oh, I yeah, can't imagine. Can't do it. I can't imagine like 
yeah, that's some heavy stuff. That's so. a beautiful perspective, actually. Thank you for yeah. sharing that, that yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, of course it's, it's terrible for the person terrible. who experiences it, right? but the guilt and not being able to undo for the person who did it right. is, is super painful. And what you've just pointed out there of how it's not personal, but it's actually just someone's outpour of their pain. Right. And they've had some really messed up scenario in their life that's got them that bad yeah. that now they're taking out on someone that you'd expect them to love or care right. for. Right. It's a really painful situation. Yeah. And I think the only way we can all move on is when we have people who heal and therefore pass on that healing. Right. Rather than if everyone keeps perpetuating the cycle and just 100%. passing that forward. Yeah, I mean, I say that about, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 please. I say that about social media. Like, you know, when people say whatever they want to say about me negatively, I I don't retaliate. And I and if I do say anything, it's with love. Mm. Because they don't, they know not what they do, I, you know? Like, I, I, there's no point. Like, there's, we're not moving forward at all. Yeah. A, at all. Even though it's hard to take the high road. Um I just can't attach to it because that has nothing to do with me. So if our perception of reality isn't real, what someone thinks of me isn't real anyway. So what am I doing? Absolutely. What am I wasting my time for? Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I'm grateful for the the positive things, but I can't attach to either one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I find so often that we're so quick to spot a negative comment and want to respond to that. And there's like 99 positive ones that no one responds to. What is that about? Right? It's just like we get into this debate with the negative content, uh, the negative comment. Yeah. So we get into this debate with this negative comment and just amplify it. Yeah. Rather than focusing in on all the positive comments, yeah. replying, thanking, expressing gratitude. And that was something I, I remember when I first started making content online and my whole world lives online. Yeah. And I remember getting lots of negative comments and some of them would actually make me laugh and be like, oh, that's, that's a cool one. I, you know, I like that's that. That's very, very And often cute. when I'm on stage, I'll, I'll say, I'll mention some of them because they're so funny. Like there used to be this one comment where people would be like, I guarantee you he has a wind machine to blow his hair when he makes his videos, right? Like that was like one of these comments, like, and they went off on one. And I just find it hilarious because I've never had a, a wind machine, but uh, maybe- But I you should... do have great hair. Oh, thank you. You're thank you very much. Thank you. So I maybe, let's see what I'm saying. So like, it might be them internalizing like, oh, I wish I had a great head of hair. Like right. he does. Right, right, do you know what I mean? Like right, it sounds so silly. Do you know Brene Brown? Yes. Of okay. Course. Yeah, so have yeah. you seen the Netflix special? Yes, I okay. have. Amazing. Love it. So I always think, and I'm trying to remind myself, you can't worry about the people in the cheap seats looking at you in the arena, blood, sweat, and tears because they haven't been there. Mm. So I'm not worried about it. Like yeah. you don't know what it's like to have to prepare a script and whatever it is that we're doing, yeah. whatever it is that, that, that we do, yes. um, creating a completely amazing, you know, help source of, of inspiration as you do. Like people don't know unless they do it. So mm. I'm like, whatever, yeah. you know, no, love you boo, but sorry, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't. Cause you don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand what it's like. Yeah. And using all your energy to really connect with the people who do love it. Right. right. Like that's what brought this. When I, when I saw you comment on my, some of my work or, or like it or, and I was just like, oh wow, like here's someone who values it. And I can either use this. I, look, we've all got the same energy. Right. We have the same amount of time in a day. Right. 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 right I'm right, either right. using that energy and time for people who are showing me love and care, or I'm right. using that energy and time for people who are showing me hate. Right. That's our only choice. Right. Because we have the same time and we have the same energy. Right. 
And so, no, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because my best friend, Donnie Berry, who happens to live with me, I was saying earlier that like with your posts, like we, you know, you can like forward a post. We'll forward your same post to each other. I'm like, <laughs> so he was very excited that I was going to be oh, here. I love that. You should have brought him. Oh no. Don't yeah, tell, you don't tell me that he's going to be. Wait till oh, this no. gets out. You he's going to be so angry. I would have well, loved that. Next well, time. Next time. When we do lunch. He, okay. When we do lunch. Yeah. Such a much. special. We'd human. love that. So, please, please, please invite yeah. him. Yeah. So you help us in ways that you don't even know. No, so, that means yeah. a lot. Thank you. And even our friendship, sweet. which is helpful. <laughs> You're the yeah. sweetest. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me about the other part. I want to go back to those two stories before we move on around how you're speaking about with uh, your, your last relationship, mm -hmm. right? That relationship where you recognized it wasn't working, yeah. especially because you were living in the shadow right. and not getting to be your own person. Right. What have you learned from that about healthy relationships or how you believe a relationship could be or should be now having had that experience? That, this is another entire podcast, I but, know, definitely. Um, but I I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's well, it's interesting because when I say I was living in the shadow, it was, that's where I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was, I'm not blaming him and saying like, this is what he made me do. I was comfortable there because I was afraid to step out into my power or my purpose because what if I fail? Mm. And then, and then who am I? And then what's my identity? If, if, if I can't attach to failing, that means I'm going to be successful. What does that mean? You know? Yeah. So I, I was just like, Oh, I'll just help you do that. But then I realized, I mean, I learned so much from our relationship. There's a story in my book and I talk about the bell peppers. So we used to order pizza and when he would order it, he was, he'd always get like a Supreme. And then when I ordered it, I thought, Oh, he loves a Supreme, but I hate, I hate bell peppers. What is the point? I like a red pepper, but not a bell pepper. I've heard you can't digest them. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Little's beside the point. And so every single time I would order, we'd both order like with bell peppers. Y'all, <laughs> neither one of us like bell peppers. <laughs> I said, what are we doing? Like we're not effectively communicating if we don't even know what we want on our pizza. I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, like what else are we not talking about? And because he felt like I was spending a lot of time trying to focus on acting or singing on the weekends, we, I wasn't giving enough time to him and he's probably right, but like, I didn't know what else to do and how to balance it all. And so what I learned mostly is effectively communicate, mm -hmm. draw your boundaries. And most importantly, and newly, um, don't be afraid to lose the person. I know that sounds real bratty. Ooh. But like, if you are not getting what you need or what you want out of the, out of the relationship, a friendship, a job, what are you doing? Wow. What are you doing? And if somebody's meant to be there, they will work for it and they will make it known and, and it'll be right. And so don't be afraid to lose the person, but that's a, Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot to, to take on. That's a lot to take on. That is an amazingly powerful point there. Yeah. So. Because we're constantly trying to control everything yeah. to try and keep someone. Yeah. That's actually, we're constantly right. doing the opposite of what you just said. Right. We're constantly trying to figure out, okay, what do I do to keep that person? Yeah. Not recognizing that you lose yourself in the other process of trying to keep that person. And then who are you? Yeah. And then you're unhappy and then you're resentful of yourself and the other person. Mm. So you're, you're damned. Yeah. You, you got to start, start over, yeah. start again. And that's what I realized that like the, and also- make it known. You don't need anybody, right? You don't need a boyfriend. You don't need a girlfriend. You, it's, it's wonderful to have a companion and to have somebody to live your life with, but like, what are they bringing to the table? And my therapist recently said to me, what's in it for Chrissy? Yeah. 
Y'all, what a concept. What's in it for Chrissy? Yeah. (laughs) I never thought that way. Like I never, I never, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't think that way. And it feels sort of selfish, but like, if I don't know what I want, how's anyone else going to know? Oh, for sure. A lot of lessons. That is, yeah, that is such a big one. Yeah. So don't be afraid of losing someone because you might end up losing yourself in the process. You will. Yeah. You will end up losing yourself in the process. And then same one, you don't need anyone. No. And you're so right that we're actually not good at communicating to people what we want, but we expect everyone to be mind readers and figure out what we want. And that's so hard because it's like, if I know I like something, it's like, how do you feel valued? Right? Like that's such an important question because I feel we all feel valued and seen differently. Right. Like how do you feel valued and how can someone express that value to you? Right. Is a very simple thing, but it can be complex if you haven't thought it through. Well, the five love languages. Yes. You know, like it's not about, okay, if I love quality time and my boyfriend happens to love acts of service, I can't love him in quality time. No. He wants acts of service. Absolutely. So like, no, no, there's a disconnect. Totally. And so it took me a minute. Like yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah. Be very clear. I'm still learning work in progress, but like, oh, I have to do the things that, that he likes, yeah. you know, and hopefully vice versa. Correct. But that's such a simple, but effective yeah. <laughs> way to, you know, to communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing I was saying recently was also that, we have the five love languages, but there are also the five fight languages. It's like how people respond to fights and oh. how people argue. Because one of the most incredible studies I've read by John Gottman on the research around relationships found that the only thing that keeps couples together is not how many date nights, how many holidays, how many movies they go and see together. It's about, do they know how to fight? <laughs> like that was the number one thing that do couples know how to deal with conflict because right. conflicts are definitely going to come up even if you master all of this, even if you communicate effectively, there are going to be moments, but do you know how to communicate in conflict? And so I believe like we all have different fight languages. Like we have different ways of dealing with an argument or a fight. Right. And And we have to understand how the other person deals with it and how we deal with it. Right. So like, for example, one language is silence and distance, Uh right? Right. Like someone doesn't want to talk about it. They need silence and distance. And then another is, Let's talk it out. Right. You're like, I'm not ready. Yeah. You, we're not at the same page, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, right. And so I feel like it can, there's so many different languages yeah. and in every area of our relationship, we need to be self-aware and then make the person aware right. of where we're at. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause I would be impulsive in my reaction cause I'm dramatic. I'm an actress, whatever they want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then I realized like, I want to really sit with what is wrong. Mm. What am I really upset about? Am I really mad that the towel in the bathroom is on the, is on the ground? Or am I mad that like you said, you were going to come home at seven o'clock and you really came home at eight 30 and you didn't tell me. And then I was worried and then you didn't care. Mm. What am I really upset about? So then I was like, okay, let me just sit with myself, <laughs> get to the root. Um, so I try not to be impulsive in that, but I think that's a great piece of advice. We end up fighting about something that we don't even care about, right? Like that's, you end up making about the towel or you end up making about whatever it is. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Your lessons are incredible. No, no. Literally right now. I'm like, I can't wait to listen to this again. I'm being, I'm not just saying that. I can't wait to listen to this again and write down. There are so many gems in what you're sharing right now that I can't wait for people to listen to. Honestly, I mean that. 
I'm just, you know, just a sponge, just trying to like help me help myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is great. I you know? really do. But you said it earlier that you can't keep what you don't give away. Right. And it's like the more we speak about these things, the more we share them, the more we remember them. Yes. Like people often ask me like, oh, Jay, do you ever struggle with not practicing what you preach? And I was like, all the time. Because I'm a human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I yeah. get that wrong all the time. But yeah. the more I keep talking about it, yeah. I'm reminding myself first and foremost, right. that that's something I'm aspiring to. Whether I hit it every day or I don't, right. I'm at least trying to remind myself. Whereas if I don't talk about it at all, right. then I'm no one's going to remind me and I'm not reminding myself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're not conscious about yeah. it at all. Yeah. That's how I'm with gratitude. Like I really just have to sit in the gratitude before I even start the day. Wow. You know, like literally waking up is a gift. Mm. Being able to walk to the restroom is a gift. Hearing a bird outside, being able to flip on a switch and having electricity, things that I would take so much for granted, um, you know, um, or if I'm rushing in traffic, I'm like, girlfriend, you have AC, you have a car you can afford. You're going to somewhere that somebody wants to talk to you. Yeah. Just comment on down. Totally. And what am I really mad about? Like I used to have crazy road rage and I realized, oh, it was just me. Like it was just me projecting all my crap that like, I didn't get off the phone with a boy that I wish would like me till really late, which meant I woke up really, really, I woke up so late that now I'm rushing mm. and now I'm going to be mad at the, the man in front of me. No, Chrissy, you're mad at yourself, <laughs> you know? So it's always fun of the feelings back to yourself. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And that's what we all realize that you may be complaining about one thing and you could be totally right yeah. for complaining about that sure. one thing, but there are nine other things that you just missed about how incredible this situation and moment yeah. is. Yeah. And, and I actually had, yeah, no, I, I see that all the time. I was actually, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to talk about Kenna for a second. She was, she was traveling to go away this weekend. And I think it took like 30 hours to get there. Holy or like to get smokes. back. And, and it was like, how long is the journey? Right. And and it was in the US. It was in the US. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just going to Charleston. Right, right, right. And then got canceled and then tickets. Yeah. And so, so, I, so I knew she was off from work and I see a story and it said something like, oh, we're getting somewhere 30 hours later or whatever it was. And she was like smiling at it. And then I spoke to her on the phone afterwards a couple of days later and she was just so positive about the whole thing. And I was just like, oh, right. Like, there you go. Like, it, you know, she wasn't away for long, maybe like four days in total or something like that. But it was just so interesting to see how our perception, our perception of, oh, yes, I got to go away and I was with my boyfriend. I had an amazing time yeah. or, oh, no, I'm complaining about the parts that didn't work out. And well, so, yeah, like the, what you focus on, you attract anyway. And yeah. So, but, you know, I always think that, OK, if I miss the flight, like who knows what the universe is conspiring for for me, you, you know, and like there's a reason why, like, 100%. what can I, what can I take away from the situation? And there's always a bigger picture that sometimes we don't see. Yeah. There's, there's like 30 doors opening behind us and we're still banging on this one in front oh, yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like knocking on this door. Yeah. We're trying to push but, it but over. But this one. This one. But this one. <laughs> yeah. And there's like 30 amazing ones. Uh -huh. No, absolutely. And I want to get, and that's where I want to move to with you. So I want to, I love this. We've talked about so many things. <laughs> And now yeah. we're coming back. Sometimes I can't land the plane, so just tell me. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. This is, this is amazing. Okay. Like, this is exactly okay. how I, I would want it to go. But okay. I want to move back to the chasing the dream element, the, yeah. the building this incredible acting career that you have and, and the incredible talent that you have and sharing that with Thank the world you. that so many millions of people appreciate and love. But it wasn't easy because even 
getting to that point where it was that break point where you were like, okay, I'm done now. I'm going to quit. This is not going to happen. Yeah. Because you were getting casted for things that weren't right. They were, it was never like the roles that you really believed were mm -hmm. things that you deserved, even if you didn't mm -hmm. feel entitled to them. Right. Tell us about that process of constantly chasing something, feeling like it's running out of your grasp and then getting to that point of saying, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I think it was, I, I'm like, what can I take away from each situation? You know, when I would send people on auditions, I'm like, look, you might not be 100% right for the role, but you can establish a relationship with the casting director. Mm. There's a reason why they're bringing you in. Trust the process and that it might not be for this role, but in two years from now, they're going to think of you because you were hilarious in this one particular, you know, you never know what all is coming together for you. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I might not be getting the auditions that I want and not frequent. I mean, literally, I think I could count on my hand how many auditions I had in a span of several years. And so I was like, am I delusional? Like, am I, maybe I'm not supposed to be an actress. Like maybe I should be a psychologist. Maybe I should go back and teach preschool. And I don't know, but I'm like, okay, I was sort of, there's like a, a checklist. Would I still do, do this if I didn't get paid for it? Okay. Yes. Would I be unhappy if I didn't do it or pursue it? Yes. And like, what am I willing to risk or like give up? And my mom said something to me. She said, Chrissy, you can be unhappy in Gainesville, Florida, or you can be unhappy in LA pursuing your dream. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a thought. Hmm. Okay. And then I'm like, I just don't know if I can hack it. Like, I don't want to be going down the wrong path for vanity's sake or for an e for my ego or whatever. So um, it's just so interesting, like... They say the more you resist, the more it persists. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to surrender. I am going to leave agenting. I'm going to tell the universe, hey, your girl's ready. <laughs> hey, I'm stepping out on faith. <laughs> I'm going to try to do this. And then when a year passes by and you have one or two auditions, I'm like, oh, Maybe I made the wrong decision. Um, and then I just thought, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to hang it up. I'm just going to, it's been 12 years. They say 10 years is like the, sort of the barometer. And um, not a week before I was living with a friend who she's like, just pay me whatever rent you can. I was on unemployment, had to borrow money for gas to get to the audition, had 81 cents in my bank account. And I know this doesn't happen for everybody. Not everybody's, you know, struggling this hard, but like you have to stand in line long enough and art had to catch up to life and things just like with breakthrough, you know, like if Grant penned the, the script prior to, I would not have been on this as us and have had all that experience to then bring to the movie. Everything happens as it should. And so and I, I truly, truly firmly believe this, that like if what's meant for you will not pass you by, mm. it, it can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, boom, boom, I'm dodging bullets. I'm like jumping over. The okay, are you ready yet, Chrissy? Okay. Cause we're ready now. Okay. Here you are. You know, and uh, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like on paper, my life does not make sense. Mm. And if I, if that is not a clear indication of like what's meant for you, we'll find you. 
I don't know what is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, but it was hard though. I wanted to hang it up because I thought that I was on the wrong path. I really did for, a, for a minute. And then something would happen. A casting director would be like, oh my gosh. So are you like acting full time? I'd see them, you know, at the bank or something, or I would meet an, another actor. They would come into the, to my office and they're like, why aren't you on TV? And I'm like, okay, are these like little signs? And, and, uh, you know, I, I suppose if we like take heed and we like see what's going on, we, we can understand the signs deeper. Um, but yeah, it was, um, very trying and I'm glad I hung on. Mm. I'm glad I hung on mm. for sure. Yeah. I think it was Steve Jobs who said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You only can when you look backwards. Mm, right. And, and I think it's so true. Like when you're in the moment, you can't connect the right. dots, but you have to believe right. that they will connect. Right. Right. You have to know that they will connect. And one of the things I've always said to myself that helped me so many times was I'd always say to myself, this only makes the story better. Right. So like whenever something wouldn't work out or anytime things didn't happen and there were multiple times that happened. Plot twist. Yeah, plot <laughs> twist. Exactly. Like plot twist, like this only makes the story better. That one day, I believe that one day I'd be able to share parts of my story and they'd be more interesting and more real and more authentic because things didn't always work out. Right. Right. No one lives a life where it's like, oh, I went from this success to this yeah. success to this success. Like no one has that. But we believe that it exists. Right. But it doesn't. It just right. doesn't. So that chart that's like success on the way to success is like, meh, meh, totally. meh, meh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's absolutely true. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but I love that. But you literally had 81 sets yeah. left. Like that is incredible. Yeah. Like you, you said it casually then, but that is insane. Yeah. I remember yeah. being four months away from being broke. Yeah. So I was once four months away, but 81 cents, like that's. Oh, well, you like, plan better than I do. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, yeah. as in that, what did you learn from being at rock bottom? Like that um, position to be at that stage, like. Gosh, you know what I learned that like, it's not the end of the world. Wow. Like, okay. I've come all the way here. The only place I can go is up. Um, I had really great friends who helped me and supported me and believed in me when I didn't believe in myself who I'm taking on a vacation, which I'm very excited oh, about. Beautiful. Where are you going? Turks and Caicos. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, to be able to do that is really, don't get me emotional, um, is really special to me because I might not be able to give back in necessarily all the time that I used to spend with them, but, you know, quality time. And, um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's tricky because I think that yes, money can make you comfortable and money can, if money can solve a problem, it's not a problem, but it doesn't make you happy. Mm. Being fulfilled in different ways genuinely make you happy. Mm. And, um, I just realized that like, okay, even in death, it's not the worst thing. Mm. Anyone who cares? Like I am not, I, I don't identify with the number in my bank account or on the scale, mm. like numbers, they don't, whatever. Yeah. We give them the power. And so I just was like, all right, I'm good. I mean, it was, it was sad. And you're like, what does this mean? Like, why am I in my mid thirties? and like, have nothing to show for it. And I'm like, well, if I died that day, I think people would say, Chrissy's a good person. Mm. All right, I'm good. Yeah. What else could I ask for? 
Nobody's going to be like, oh, she had this purse. Oh my God, I'm her car. <laughs> Nobody cares. No one cares. No one's going to say that. No one so cares. So I just realized that like, I don't find my identity in, in money. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. not to say that like now it's a different thing, right? Because I, I live a different life, but like, I think people expect me to look a certain way or to carry a particular purse or whatever. And I'm like, y'all can do whatever you want to do. Uh, my money's my own money, but I'm not going to, I really have to understand that like things don't make you happy. No, definitely. You know? you're, but, you're spot on. Happiness and success are two different things. A hundred percent. And that's what I recognized. I was very fortunate to, to notice that early on when I chose to become a monk, because I saw so many people in my life who had fame and beauty and strength and power and money, but I didn't see any of them be happy. And when I met the monks that I met, they had happiness, even though they didn't have any of the other stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, these are two different things, right? Like here are people who have nothing externally, but they have everything internally. And then here are people who have everything externally, but not as much internally. And I started to realize they were two different pursuits Yeah, and, right. and that I shouldn't measure one against the other. Right. I shouldn't expect my happiness to increase because my success increases. Right. And I shouldn't expect my success to decrease if my happiness decreases. Like I shouldn't see them that way. Right. And, and for me, that really helped me with recognizing that stuff is useful. It can be a great resource and a great facilitator, but it is not going to make me happy if I'm having a bad day. No, you and, can buy no something. Yeah, yeah, no one's going to remember it. Right. And and that, yeah, Maya Angelou said it best, that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And, and I think you hit it on the nail on the head there, that ultimately I think all of us know that. Yeah. That when it gets to that moment, that's what people are going to remember and value. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd like to think so. Yeah. I know so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. But no, that's such an unbelievable i mean that's obviously only the journey to where everything begins <laughs> i almost. know like you know what i mean like, i know it's, it's so crazy and then you land this is us yeah how did that change your life in every single way right in every single way i don't know what hasn't changed aside from my friends who keep me grounded yeah and literally have said if you become a boop i'll let you know and i'm gonna punch you in the shin i'm like okay great <laughs> good to know um but i think that success and money really, um, will show people, sh will show you who people really are. Mm. Um, not to say people don't change, but, um, I, I mean, I never thought that I would be able to have conversations with people. I thought I never had anything in common with, mm. you know, whether it's someone who's a very fit mother of three, I don't know what it's like to be any of those things mm. <laughs> fit or a mother. Um, but, um, having so much in common with them mm. and understanding that we are so much alike, so much more alike than we are different. And that whatever we're filling a void with, be that food, exercise, social media, you know, we're all doing that because we all, we want to be comfortable. Mm. Um, and by portraying Kate on this is us, I think so many people can relate to whether it's the passing of a loved one, of a father who was her best friend or weight issues and inadequacy issues. I mean, we touch on everything on the show. So mm -hmm. I think people just, they're like, Oh, I see myself in this character or any, any of the characters. Mm -hmm. So I can't go anywhere without, you know, having a conversation or meeting someone or, you know, which is lovely. Sometimes it's overwhelming 
Because I'm like, I feel like I haven't really changed, but everything around me's changed. Yeah. Um, but it's it means a lot to me. I just sometimes it, it, I'm an empath, and and I've heard recently that like maybe that's not a good thing. Meaning like don't make it about yourself. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I just I really do love people, and I think because I was seeking love for so long mm. that I know what it's like to not have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang it. Okay. Tell me everything, you know, and then I get to crying and that's why I can't be on Facebook. Yeah. I can't. I'm so, um, Facebook is so emotional for me anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's changed in every single way. Um, getting a kitchen table, I never thought I'd have, you know, owning a home. Like I grew up in a, well, a trailer and then a three bedroom, one bath house with six people. And not to say people have not lived much, much worse off. Um, but then it also helps me to realize and to be grateful in, in what I have mm-hmm. had. But mostly that I get to be a part of an incredible journey and story with human beings. <sighs> this is lightning in a bottle, this show. And it will never happen again mm-hmm. that all these people will come together to create a story that's like changed network television. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm on the show? Sometimes I look and I'm like, is that me? It's unbelievable. And I'm always on the verge of crying about it because I'm just so grateful. So that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you deserve all of it. Like oh. your consistency, your persistence, you know, all those moments, just everything you've shared now and so much more that we haven't even shared here. Like, you know, so many other. There's just so much behind the scenes, just like there is for a show, there is for every single person in the world oh, yeah. that no one ever sees. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, all I can say is just congratulations. And like, oh, you know, you really you. deserve every bit of it. And I'm just so happy that, I'm so happy that I'm getting an opportunity to sit with you and have you share parts of that story so that it can just inspire so many more people to just not quit when it's just about. Yeah. It's always right when the tide's about to turn yeah. where you're like, ah, forget it. Yeah. No, like just, you had your mother who was just like, yeah, she gave you the best piece of advice. Yeah. That's yeah. such great advice. Just hang on. And also, you know, the whole thing about suffering, like, do we choose to suffer? Mm. You know, mm. I always think about that too. Like, yeah. am I really suffering? Mm. Like, do, do I want to suffer? No. Like, and there's other things that I could be doing, you know, and other ways I can be of being of service or being creative. So there's not one be all end all sort of path, but I think it's about finding your purpose and being happy in that journey and knowing that like, it's not always going to be pretty, even when you find it, Yeah, you know, it's still going to be hard work, but it's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, when you're exhausted and you're like, I can't do this anymore. And the next morning you're like, okay, ready. (laughs) Okay. I can do this. Yeah. You know, just energized and charged for like, you know, another day. Absolutely. And that's like you, you don't stop. You have the show. And then earlier this year you launched Breakthrough. Yes. That's about why that movie was so important to you and and why you did it. Because that's a perfect example of, I think a lot of, I think when we're not grateful for our breakthroughs, we become complacent. Sure. Right. When we're not grateful for it, when we don't value how amazing this is and incredible opportunity it is it's easy to be like oh that's all i need to do now i don't need to do anything else but here you go and you wrote a book last year that released last year you launched breakthrough tell us a bit about why that was so important yeah so i met with the executives and with devon franklin who's our producer um he's done like miracles from heaven and um um heaven it's for real and um 
He's, he's just like a great guy. He is so yeah. rad. If you didn't, haven't met him or talked we to him, we haven't. No. Oh my yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah. you have to. Um, you guys will just you probably put this house on fire. But um, <laughs> just so much goodness. But um, he was like, "Oh, come in for a general meeting." And I don't typically have general meetings because what does that mean? You know, um, I'm like this is exciting. And they came to just sort of talk about the story, and it's a true story. Um, a woman's uh, Joy Smith, her son fell through an icy lake and was under the water for over 15 minutes and then clinically dead for over like almost an hour. Um, and, um, she prayed and whatever it is that you want to believe he came back to life. He had a pulse and, um, eventually brain activity. And, um, but specifically I was telling them about my mom who had a stroke to a year prior, um, at that time. And that I said, you know, listen, uh, I was sassy with my mom's doctors. I was like, look, if you're not going to think positive thoughts and you're not going to be positive about my mom or around her, you don't belong in her hospital room. And I understand that you're her doctor, but do you practice? Yes or no? Mm. (laughs) He looked at me like, girl. (laughs) And I was like, you practice. I said, so whatever you believe in, whatever you practice, great. But I, I think that whether you think she can or not, she can hear you. And it's very important that if you don't say anything positive, you got, you got to get to going. And almost verbatim were the words that Joyce said to John's doctors. And I thought, oh, that's no coincidence. Like there's a reason why my mom went through this. I've gone through it with her and that this movie has presented itself because it just happened four years ago, the real incident. And, um, I thought, how could I honor the Smith family and this incredible, beautiful story? And then also honor my mom and what she's come through. And she's one tough cookie. Mm. So, um, I was attached to another project. It fell through it. Of course the stars aligned and I I just had the right amount of time off from the book tour and, you know, between this is us and yeah, I mean, it's, I'm so grateful. It is really touched a lot of people's lives and, um, instilled, you know, faith and, family. And, uh, also what's really beautiful, I think, uh, a through line in the story is John Smith was adopted from Guatemala and he never felt like he had a purpose. He's like, I'm this kid from Guatemala in the Midwest. I look like nobody else. What am I doing here? Why am I here? Mm. And sure enough, something like this tragedy becomes his triumph. And now he understands his purpose and it's just so beautiful. And it's a, and they're such amazing people. And, uh, Joyce is one force of nature. Like at the premiere, her shirt said <laughs> between Proverbs and Medea, there, <laughs> there's me. I am in stitches. I'm like, what? I love Medea too. Yeah. Um, Tyler Perry is brilliant in that role, yeah. but, um, just, uh, yeah, just to be a part of it. And then what's interesting, how everything sort of ripple effects, um, my acting coach was in an accident. Uh, a car actually ran him over in a grocery store parking lot. Wow. And um, he was supposed to go on a trip somewhere that he didn't really want to go. And so he was in the hospital. And the fact that he didn't have like major organ damage or brain damage or any of this from this tragedy, um, he said, I know that the healing, he didn't have surgery, any of that. He said, I know that the healing was partly because I was on this the set with you and believing, you know, like if you change your mind, you change your life. And I'm, our minds are so powerful. And so there's so many ways that this movie, the Smith story and, uh, uh, playing this character has changed my life and even my, my own acting coach and friends. So yeah, it's, that's, that's exciting to be a part of something that, you know, 
can change people's hearts and minds. Well, I love that. It's not, you know, you're not just acting, you're not just an actress, you're actually creating and being a part of movements that are changing lives. Like all of Unreal. this content is so conscious. It's so intentional. It's yeah. so much about improving people's lives and transforming people's experiences, which is so yeah. beautiful to witness and observe, to be honest, because oh, we need more of it. I think yeah. the more stories we tell like this, yeah. the more of them we bring to the mainstream screens. Right, the, the fear goes away. Cause you're absolutely. like, oh, oh, this is what it is. Especially when you know it's reality. Right. Right. When it's a fiction story, you still, even if it's close to reality, you think, oh yeah, they just made it up. Yeah. But, but it's yeah, like yeah, when yeah. it's real or it's, or it's inspired from something that's real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 98% of the, the film is yeah. accurate. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It gives people so much hope. Yeah, yeah, and it has, and the responses have been so beautifully overwhelming. I'm like, oh, I can't take it. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. I'm just grateful to be a part of that journey yeah. and to know the Smith family. And Amazing. Yeah. Tell us what's in your energy and intuition right now that I haven't let you share or something. You're like, Jay, I wish you'd talk to me about this. or I wish. Well, we I'm doing music. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't that's know that. Very that's very exciting. exciting. Okay. So, you know, nobody knew that I sang. And when I sang on This Is Us as Kate Pearson, yeah. it was written. But they were like, oh, if you don't sing, like, it's fine. We'll get somebody else to dub. And I'm like, well, can I try it? And because music was never supported or encouraged. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, it was my first love, but I was afraid just a far raid. And so now, um, you know, Diane Warren wrote, uh, the, the end title song I'm standing with you yeah. for breakthrough. Um, and then performing at the ACMs with, with, uh, Lauren Elena and Carrie Underwood and Mickey Guyton and Maddie and Tay was like, Oh my gosh, it's like making the video. Like I'm like, this is my life right now. <laughs> um, and country music and Blues and soul music has always been like my favorite. And uh, so last year I started doing some songwriting. No and, way. Um, yeah. So we have, we have some really great songs I'm really proud of. And um, yeah. So I'm performing at CMA Fest next week. That's amazing. Yeah. In the Nashville. So. Quick, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not warmed up. No, I'm just like, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'm excited about that music. That's awesome. When I'm should we with. expect uh you yeah. know, I'm not so sure because we're going right back into This Is Us uh, July, mm -hmm. mid or second week of July. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully soon, but okay. um, I'll be performing some original songs at the Country Music Fest um, next week. So that's exciting. Amazing. I love yeah. that. Can't wait. That's I'm awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm like a little kid. I love it. Yeah. But that's what we need to be consistently. Yeah. Like we yeah. should do things that make us feel like a kid again. Also, I'm scared out of my mind. Okay. Yeah. But that's just so you guys know. <laughs> Legitimately like what am I doing? And I'm like, okay, if it scares me, I should do it. There's a reason why I need to do yeah, it. Yeah. So, And it's there in you. It's, it's something that you've been doing. Like, I mean, yeah. the first thing you spoke about was singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. right. Like right. when we go all the way right. back, you mentioned it then. Music it's, has it's been healed a me. Life. Yeah. yeah. It's, and saved me. And, um, if I could, if one song, if one verse, if one note could make someone feel something, you know, mm. um, that's what, that's what I want. That's awesome. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So we end every On Purpose episode with a final five, which is meant oh. to be a quick fire, rapid fire oh. round oh, okay. of fast answers. So Gosh, I'm competitive, so I hope I can win. You okay. do? Okay, great. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's either one word or one sentence answers. Okay. It never goes to plan. No one ever sticks to it. So if you do this, we'll right, see. this could be it. This could be the moment one that word? someone actually- Are we timed? One word to one sentence. I, I time it. So okay, great. If I, like I get really timed. intrigued by something, then I'm like, oh. Okay, oh, so you digress. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. Well, sometimes it's the person too. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be. I told you I can't land <laughs> the plane. Go. Okay, The good. first question is, what's one thing you don't mind spending money on now? 
um, food. Okay, good. Yeah, I, that's my mom always did the same. It was always like, food comes first. Like, food's important. Like, if you don't have anything yeah, else. Yeah, and like taking my... friends out. And yeah. Like, it's communal. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, good. Second question. What dream are you pursuing right now? Music. Amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Love that. Number three. What's the one thing you tell your younger self? Um, but nothing is personal. Um, and just, just keep on keeping on. I love it. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, number four. Who's the toughest person you know? Probably my mom. Mm. Yeah, no, my mom. That's awesome. Yeah, what did you What did you learn from the toughness of your mom? Just her resilience, you know, and that um, you just keep it moving, mm -hmm. you know. Like, I know for me, I'm more emotional, but she would just keep charging forward. Maybe. And that to me, sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. Yeah. Just keep it moving, Chrissy. I love that. Yeah. And number five, what's your advice to anyone who's chasing their dreams and on that path? Oh, goodness. Find what your intention really is um, and just submerge, like just make sure that you are so submersed in it. And, you know, like whether it's acting, whether it's a CEO, whatever, learn everything you can learn, read, ask questions, you know, socialize in any single way, like make it your, your mission to find out everything you can find out. And, and then ask yourself, do you want it? You know? Because hard work is, is going to be needed. But if it's going to be worth it, then you're on the right track. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chrissy. You. you are such a gem. Like, you're amazing. Like, oh, I, really I really feel like we're just, we're so lucky to have you because oh, no. honestly, just honor. everything you shared today, I'm just like taking it all in. And I can only say that I know anyone who's listening and watching this right now mm. is definitely just going to feel just there's so many moments in this podcast and I would really urge you anyone who's been listening and watching make sure you listen and watch it again and take notes write these things down oh. like put them on post-it notes and stick them all around your room because if you can construct a space and practices in your life that are going to help you put all of this into practice it's going to be a huge huge step forward towards your dreams but Chrissy you've been amazing oh, thank, thank you. you so much for taking this time thank I'm you I'm excited to build I'm our honored. relationship together and go to India <gasps> Uh, we're going. Said, we're going to India Sorry, to meditate you've all heard together. It, so <laughs> he's going to be good for it. So we're going. Yeah. But, yeah. but thank you, Chrissy. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of On Purpose. Make sure you share the best nuggets of wisdom and insights across Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you are, so that we can learn and share that learning with so many more people. I love seeing you post these little learning moments onto Instagram so that I can share them too. And make sure you go follow Chrissy on Instagram. She's Chrissy Metz. Uh, and where else can they find you? Or where else should they find you? That's really all the places I am. Perfect. Yeah. Great. I love that. Yeah. Go find her on Instagram at Chrissy Metz. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Thank you.